It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Locked On Reds, and in fact, every podcast episode for the month of May for the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Reach for the best tasting protein bar that's actually tastes like a candy bar on the market today. Go to builtbar.com and in the checkout, enter promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N for $10 off your first order. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. All righty, for today's Locked On Reds, I have a special episode. Joining me today, we got the man with the best mustache in baseball. Some say it even inspired Mr. Redlegs to grow a mustache. His name is Sam LeCure, and he's joining us now today. Sam, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I think uh, Mr. Redlegs came a little bit before me, but I appreciate that. I was, I was, I was appreciate a fine intro. I think that was one. <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I, it was fortuitous that I got to talk to you today because I saw your tweet about today, back in 2010, your very first ever major league pitch. So, uh, you know, awesome that I'm getting to talk to you on an anniversary such as that. Uh, what do you remember most about that day? Um, I think I remember so a couple things, actually. Uh, my brother and I, uh, I've got a lot of brothers, but my oldest brother and I, we went to, uh, we we're just kind of walking around that day, you know, like you would, you know, for any other game, I guess, just kind of checking out the city a little bit. We were in Macy's, and uh, <laughs> this is my first memory of the day. So we're walking around Macy's, me and my brother, his son, and my the girl I was seeing at the time, and, okay. you know, we're just walking around doing whatever. And I catch him out of the corner of my eye, like doing some kind of like like a fist pump, like he almost had like a seizure or something. I was like, dude, I was like, what are you doing, man? He's like, dude, I'm sorry. He's like, I was thinking about what I'm going to do on your first strikeout. So he was over there, he was over there practicing in Macy's and he actually texted me today kind of, I mean, random, we keep in touch, but kind of randomly today. And I was like, dude, it was, it might've been, 713 Cincinnati time and he's like what are you doing I was like well I can tell you that about 10 years ago to maybe the minute uh you were doing your that fist pump you were practicing in Macy's I think you got to put it to use uh by this time so we were kind of laughing about that so I mean that's one of the the funnier things but you know kind of the warming up in the bullpen you know coming out of the bullpen to go um you know to go into the dugout before you know before the first pitch um, the first pitch I threw, uh, I tweeted was a ball that was right down the middle that the umpire called a ball. Um, so I remember that, you know, the sequence of that whole first step bat against Michael Bourne. It was four pitches. I ended up striking him out looking. Um, and Hunter Pence hits an opposite field home run uh, in the first inning for the first hit run and all that stuff I allowed. And 
Uh, a couple other different things along those lines, but uh, too much to get into <laughs> for for the time we have today. But but definitely a great day. That's awesome. Man. Do you remember what do you remember more, the strikeouts or the runs given up? Um, for that game, I remember more the strikeout of that game uh, to lead it off. I remember Hunter Pence in the home run. Hunter Pence drove in the other run I allowed as well with a, a line drive single to left. I forget who scored, but um, I remember, I forget who, I think it was Pedro Feliz playing third base. We, I think I walked Lance Berkman three times that game, maybe four, I think three, um, because I just remember him killing the Reds all the time. I mean, killing them, like him and Albert Pujols would kill him. And I was like, he's not going to be the guy who beats me today. So I think I walked him three times. I walked him to get to uh, Pedro Feliz, I believe it was playing third base. Carlos Lee was in that lineup. Uh, you know, it was Astros when they were still in the National League Central. Right. Uh, Wandy Rodriguez was pitching. I remember Joey and, and Jay on, on the left-handed guys we have always talking about how tough he was on them because he'd do different arm angles. Uh, then they pulled me in the sixth inning for after the I had thrown six innings. Um, so in the bottom of the sixth, they pulled me for a pinch hitter who was Drew Sutton, who I think I got called up at a recent time. And he, and I was thinking, man, I still got some pitches to go. I don't think I was at 100 pitches yet. I think I struck out the side in the sixth. Um, you know, but Dusty didn't know me and whatnot, and the game was still a little bit close. But the dude came in and hit a pinch hit grand slam uh, to kind of break the game open. I think we ended up winning 15 to six. Um, and that was a fireworks Friday. <laughs> nice. Good, good day to have your debut. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, a good, good crowd on hand and, and we're, the fireworks were in the dugout and, and over the river. So yep. A, a great memory for me. It was a good time to come up to because you got to join in some of the best, I mean, definitely the best Reds teams we've seen in the last 20 years. And yeah. you, Kind of fast forward like a couple of years to 2012. I've been doing a series this week on the podcast, just looking back at 2012, and it's it's kind of an experiment of mine. But what is the first thing that you think of when you look back on 2012? Best team in baseball. Okay, okay. That's what that's right. That's what I think. I thought I thought we were the best team in baseball. Uh, well, I'll say the National League because I just we, I didn't play enough against sure. the American League, and I don't remember even who came out of who came out of the American League to play in the to play in the World Series that year. But I certainly remember feeling that um, that we were you know that we were the team to be. Even I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to say things would have been different going into the second and third rounds if we had, didn't have Johnny. But I mean, we still had. I mean, I still really liked our staff. I mean, Latos, you know, was was really good. Homer had threw the ball. Bronson threw the ball well. And that's another thing I remember that sticks out about that team. We played 162 games. Those five guys, Johnny, Latos, Leak, Arroyo, Homer, they made 161 of the 162 starts. Um, and only because we played a doubleheader one day did they not make every single one of them. So, you know, thinking about those guys going out there 32, 33 times each, they probably accounted for at least a thousand innings. You know, the games we played, our bullpen was long. Uh, you know, I mean, I was I was pretty damn good that year, and I was you know oh, yeah. I was the guy pitching probably more in the losing games, you know, than anything. You know, I mean, I I contributed to some wins as well, but. Um, you know, I mean, we had Sean Marshall, and I think we got Brox that year. 
uh, you know, obviously Chappie was doing his, but J.J. Hoover, Logan Andrusik, you know, I think it, I'm not sure if Manny Parra was there. I feel like he was, but, um, you know, he was a nasty lefty. And, yeah, we just that, – that pitching staff was unbelievable. Um, I could certainly tell you more about – them than the than the than the offense, but I, then I remember you know Todd Frazier's coming up and he's filling in here for Rowan and feel, and Joey went down. Joey was having an unbelievable year and he goes down for a period of time. Ryan Ludwig comes out and just starts going crazy and we won you know ten or twelve, thirteen games in a row at one point during the season. Marty shaves his head. Thank God for that. Um, <laughs> you know, and some different things. You know, there was some great memories along the way that year. But yeah, the first thing that jumps out of my mind is that I've, I've firmly believe uh that we're the best team in the national league and the the problem <laughs> the problem with that argument is that we didn't win the pennant so um that is that that year will be what the t- the top and bottom year of probably my major league career i guess you could say because we were a great team and i thought that that was the best chance that we had to win and it will be the worst memory uh because we didn't that that's the one thing too like from the fans perspective whenever i mentioned 2012 i remember uh, i was talking with a buddy of mine that for the time machine week that's what i had picked because i knew it intimately could talk about what you know was going on at the time for me as well as like watching the games remembering a lot of the wins and different things like that and you ultimately come to the postseason and you come to what happened there and i i try to separate that because I think it's a very football mentality of well okay you're a good team but what'd you do in the playoffs like I I feel like it's unfair to stop it there like just part of me I think I'd say the baseball playoffs just because of the number of games play is is a little different than the football I mean I get I get what you're what you're saying and I and I would agree with that but you know people would would Kurt Schilling be a hall of famer and and he's probably not going to be anyway but would he be on the cusp even you know without his playoff resume Clayton Kershaw is a is a regular season you know, no doubt, first ballot every time Hall of Famer, but he struggles in the postseason. You know, is it because we're looking for things, you know, that are a negative to attach to these people, or is it part of the picture? It is part of the picture. You need your best players uh, to show up when the games count the most, and the, obviously the postseason games, they count the most. Absolutely. And on that on that team, it was interesting because I I, I got the chance to talk to Bronson yesterday about 2012 and I asked him about this specific situation but 2012 was kind of like the year where Aroldis Chapman some people thought he could be the number five starter or something like that he could maybe make a play for the rotation and and they had Ryan Madsen as the closer I was reading some of the season previews and like looking at different stuff like that but then Chapman took off as the closer And, and that was his role moving forward. Some fans look back and they say, well, why didn't they push him more to be a starter? From the bullpen's perspective, did you guys ever think that was going to be a thing? That they would try to make him a starter? Yeah. Um, I kind of – I would go back and forth on it a little bit, but but not with the guys that we had. I mean, we like I said, I mean, those guys were all horses who were all out there giving us – you know, six innings, seven innings a night, you know, keeping, you know, 
Hell, I mean, Bronson was probably the worst guy on the team, and he was starting game two of the playoffs for you know, or something like. Well, probably, you know what I mean. So, right. not with the collection of guys that we had. I thought that was to some degree a reason why you know they felt Travis Wood was expendable to go to get rid of him and get Sean Marshall, and the reason that you know I. You know, I could have maybe play, made a play for, to be in the rotation after 2010. I, I came up as a starter, you know, made some starts there. You know, maybe I could have played, but with the collection of guys that we had, that's where he fit best, you know, because you want to get to a certain point of the game where you know the game's over, and <laughs> when Chappie comes in, and still to this day, you know, he was American League reliever of the year last year. You know, I mean, it's still a pretty good bet right. that the game's over. So I think that probably suited his mentality better. And in a lot of ways, I think that's why, you know, when I got to the bullpen, I thrived in certain situations because I thought it fit my mentality better. You know, some guys don't want to go out there and, and only get to play once every five days. You know, it sucks. For me, it was for me as a starter, the four days in between, like, you know, I got my work in, but I knew I didn't have a chance to play. And that was – you know, that was kind of, that sucked for me, you know, even coming to the bullpen, even my, you know, my arm was sore, whatever it was, or I pitched the day before I knew I still had a chance to impact the game that day. And that was, you know, something I really enjoyed and, and maybe, you know, not to speak for Chappie, but possibly, you know, that was something that, you know, he enjoyed as well as having a chance to impact the game, you know, be there in that adrenaline rush in the ninth inning, you know, that they always talk about. So, um, but but I think more with the collection of the arms that we had. I mean, one through twelve on that pitching staff was just you know that was a that was a pretty great year for for Cincinnati pitching. I'd I'd be curious to see how it stacked up somewhat historically. Oh, absolutely. It, it's a thing that when you look at the rotation, not missing a single start. Like I don't know that we'll. I mean, if we see it, we won't see it coming for sure. But I, I don't no even doubt. know that we'll ever see it again. It's. it's I, just, I would. It would. Yeah. I would highly doubt that we ever see that with a lot of the glass Joes running around today. And how <laughs> they baby it, you know? They ba- I just think they baby guys to death. It's like, you know, the human body can do is capable of doing some amazing things. Like, you know, there's certain pitchers in baseball who they still go out there. The Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, they push their body to 120 pitches. Like, you can, you know, there are guys who can do that. Everybody is different. You can't cookie cut this whole thing. That's not how it works. And I think that that's what's freaking people out moving into the, you know now that we're firmly into the analytics era like they can't quantify individual and they can't quantify guts and intangibles and the things that you can't you know put a number on in a computer or whatever the case may be and i think that it limits guys in a lot of ways and you know but at the same time they're getting maximum performance for short amount of times out of guys um but uh that's that's, that's you know it's kind of like that's not my baseball so, right. uh, but it's but it's baseball today, and that's that's just the way that it is. Well, and that's a perfect segue too, because I asked Bronson uh, the question, kind of from a starter's perspective, from a bullpen perspective. Can you re- explain to me what it feels like to pitch three straight games out of a bullpen? Um, I think it's you know, um, I think it's where you a lot of it is where you are mechanically. Um, you know, I think that. If I'm, if you're in your, your mechanics are fluid and you feel really in tune with everything that's happened to your body, it it feels easier. I th- just it feels easier to to, to for me to throw 90 miles an hour, you know, when I'm in tune with my mechanics. I don't have to put a lot of effort into it. It's just things come to you know, it's things come together, and then at the time where it's explosion, 
you explode, but you don't have to force yourself to explode. You just get yourself in the right position, and it does. So when you're going like that, for me, it was okay because I wasn't, you know, I didn't need to be able to throw it through a brick wall to get guys out. That's not how I survived. Um, you know, for guys that are the power throwers and, you know, the high velocities and all those things, guys really torquing sliders, it may be a little bit different, but that there was, you know, few days, if ever, that I actually went and said, I can't pitch today. Like, I need the day off. I always felt like I could get somebody out because I was just slinging poop up there anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just putting it, I was just putting it in a good place. So, um, but yeah, I mean, but on the flip side of that, if you're not feeling very good, you know, with your mechanics and you're out of whack and you're probably going through a time when you're struggling a little bit where you're missing with something or whatever the pitch is because you aren't mechanically sound, then those those are the tougher ones to pitch on because you're out there and you're trying to find it. You're trying to get outs and you're trying to not hurt yourself. So you're making, you know, adjustments with your body so your arm or your groin or whatever it is doesn't hurt it's not always your arm your obliques your you know your back maybe you got off a plant in a hotel bed i mean there's a lot of things where you know and i don't want to make i'm not one to make excuses for guys definitely not myself because you should be able to get yourself prepared to play any given night. I mean, people ask me all the time, did you play golf while you were playing? I was like, man, I needed to be ready to go at, you know, at seven o'clock, even when I was a reliever, I was, I, cause I may have been the first guy coming in there. Um, you know, I, I need to be ready to go and I need to be at peak, you know, peak physical condition for whatever that is. That may be 80%, but I need to be able to get to 80% by the time, you know, somebody needs me. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, again, like I said, it's it's a little bit different for everybody, and I think that that kind of freaks some people out. They want it to be the same cloth. This, this, this is the recipe, and this is the player that you get, and that's just not the case. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card, and yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. How... How many pitches, I mean, and I'm sure there's not like a set number or anything like that, but how quickly could you tell if you were mechanically ready to go? Um, I mean, I think, I didn't think it took too long. I think, you know, the first, you know, several pitches that I threw, um, you know, once I started to put effort forth, um, I think I had a pretty good indication if, you know, where the ball was missing, you know, was, gave you some, you know, gave you some proof of, of what was in the pudding. You know, it's like, well, if I'm, sure. if I'm missing high and away arms or, you know, high and away to a lefty up and into a righty, that means my front side's probably, you know, opening up early. I mean, if you, if you have golfers that are listening to your, to your podcast, you know, okay. it's kind of the same thing. I mean, there's, there are little, 
ticks for each little thing. And now you don't want to go to them all the time, but a lot of times there's a likelihood that that's what it is. Or, you know, I'm just not finishing the pitch. My hand speed at the end of the pitch is, you know, slowing down. Think of a D cell on a golf swing, you know, it's like then the club face starts to open up or your hand starts to open up or you're not, you know, getting on top of your breaking ball and it just starts to float away in the same fashion. So uh, there were different things that you could find, but on that same token, I had enough games where I pitched really well in the game and was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That it, well, it was crap. That'll be the better <laughs> word. Well, I was crap in the bullpen and came out and threw the ball really well. Times I was amazing in the bullpen, came out and threw the ball in the game like crap, you know, and vice versa. So I didn't put a whole lot. I wanted to get my arm ready and I wanted to get my mind, you know, my body and arm ready and my mind ready. Now, of course, I wanted to be dialed in, but I couldn't put, too much stock in it either way because I knew that that was not the final determination. It's not the same mound as the game mound. It's not the same lights as the game. All those different factors, you know, it's not the same. So you're just trying to get ready to go out there. Then those eight pitches on the mound, I probably paid a little bit more attention to before the, you know, you know what I mean? The warm up pitches before the inning actually started, I'd probably pay a little bit more attention to those uh, than I would in the bullpen. Dude, I thank you so much for your time. And I, I got one, and it's not a, it's definitely not looking for a quick answer to this one, but it's something that I've always wondered. Because... Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you're looking for a quick answer, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> they, don't, I... they don't happen. I told you before we got on here, I said, if this thing starts running along, you know who to blame. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, man. I've, I've appreciated it. But yeah. take me back to game five. Buster Posey did what he did and we know what he did and we hate what he did but you are the first person who is called upon to get out there and get the remaining outs in that harrowing fifth inning what what was running through your mind what what were you thinking and and how did you feel as you stepped up on the mountain you're just like oh my gosh what just happened uh, well, I mean, I was ready to get, they just, so when they call down, you know, there's, they have an idea of who they want you ready for. That way you can have an idea of how much time you have, you know, they call down and they're, you know, well, the way I remember it, which you may get a different story from, you know, the dusty, you may get a different story from Brian Price, whoever you had, the, the way I remember it is, was that I was to be ready for Buster. Okay. You know, like get ready for Buster. Okay, so I knew, you know, he was second or third up or whatever the case was. And, you know, that was a situation where bases loaded was was kind of my thing. Um, okay. And I had a little bit of history, history with Buster um, on a couple of different occasions. One, he did hit a home run off me. I struck him out earlier in the series when I faced him. Uh, I could tell that he, because I got him out in the regular season as well, I could tell he was... Had had issue with me. I could just tell by the swings that he was taking. He really wanted to take me deep um, <laughs> earlier in the series. But so I was ready to go, and you know, then they obviously they didn't. And then, as you probably felt, you felt like you got hit in the stomach. It felt like the air got sucked out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm in. But you know, I I don't remember thinking about that. I don't because I knew the game wasn't over. You know. Right. I don't remember thinking that, oh, shit, we're done. You know, that's it. Pack it up. Like, what I did know was that I needed to make sure that we did, they didn't get any more. Whatever the deficit was, which I don't remember, whatever the deficit was at that time, 
I knew I it was my job to make sure it didn't get any bigger. So go out there and focus and do my thing. And I think, I, I mean, I know I got out of it, got out of whatever it was, but there was no nothing to get out of by that point. Nobody was on base. So it might have been a two-outs bases empty situation. I think I came in and might have struck out Brandon Belt, maybe, um, and then we were off. But, um, yeah, oh, man, I can still – I was in the bullpen warming up, and I, I don't know how, if – maybe I've seen that replay a couple times. I mean, I'm, I know I have. Maybe it's two times, maybe it's ten times, but I can see uh, – <laughs> vividly exactly where the point of contact was when he hit that ball, where Hannigan was set up, mm-hmm. how he reacted to it. Um, yeah, I remember all that. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, that sucked. I, 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 I asked, um, I don't know, have you ever gotten a chance to talk to Buster Posey after that and asked him about that? No. I know. I asked Brownson the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I haven't really talked to him about that." (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I that I would. um, To be honest, I just like I said, we got a little. We had a little bit of history as it was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'd probably want to go up and just knock him out and be like, "Dude, why? Why you got (laughs) to do?" It wasn't that kind of history where I had, but I more want to knock him out for hitting that home run uh, than anything else that ever happened between us. But. yeah, I wasn't asking that. That was just that was one of those things that just seemed, I guess, like it wasn't meant to be. I mean, we got we got guys make 161 out of 162 starts, eight pitches into the most important game of the year. We lose our Cy Young, um, Johnny. I think probably could have made it pretty easy point for him to win the Cy Young that year. Uh, we lose him eight pitches into game one, uh, and we're not going to get him back. Um, you know, probably, probably wouldn't have gotten him back the whole time. I mean, they'd have had to pull some kind of magic act out to get his to get that injury to where he could have gone out there and performed. Um, so you're not going to get him back. Um, we go up 2-0 in their park on a you know I mean you know the whole story and if the fans have been listening all this week then they do too so I don't need to rehash it but um, I hate to think that it was one of those things that wasn't meant to be but. Uh, I sure wish it would have been because, again, I, th- I really felt like we were the best team in the National League that year. Um, but that's, uh, you know, the, the fans of Cincinnati will have to keep waiting. I wish we could have. I wish we could have brought it home for sure. I definitely agree with you on that take. I, I, it was it was something that throughout the whole summer, like you look at different series and you just how they how you guys dominated different teams like dominating the Braves I remember that four game sweep and things like that I I, I was just man this team was so good and that's how I chalk it like I know there's a lot of people that like to look back and they're like oh well Dusty did this Dusty did that I'm like man Johnny Cueto got hurt that's what changed the entire complexion of the rest of the playoffs like and then you get look and I'm not look I'm in zero fashion putting this on any one person but okay but i'm agreeing with you to the point that okay johnny got hurt then then homer pitches a hell of a game in game three uh we get a base running mistake and a guy who's a 20-time gold glover makes an error you know that things that don't happen you know were happening and you know then they have their rallying cry hunter pence is in there doing his crazy ass thing and i mean i don't know if we (laughs) I certainly don't feel like we let down our guard. We all knew what was at stake, but, um, you know, and then that pitch, I think, I I think after, 
you know, game three, we, not that we let them back in. We played a tight game. It was a great game. I mean, I, I remember that. I thought game game four was kind of whatever. Pablo hits a three-run t- tater late, I think. Um, you know, but that's just – that's the way it went, man. And then a great player, Buster Posey, a guy who's been in situations like that before, you know, gets a pitch he can handle in a situation he's been in. And that's where experience, and we were talking about earlier – you know, you don't want to take away from a team based on what they did in the playoffs, but the Giants teams of the two early 2000s weren't juggernaut teams. I mean, maybe they right. were. I don't remember them being that way. Certainly that team was not. Uh, but they've had guys who have been there and done it, and they are judged on winning three World Series. You can't tell me how many uh, regular season games they won in 2010, 12, and 14, because nobody cares. <laughs> right. <laughs> nobody gives a damn. But they won. Th- but they. That's where experience comes in handy. And you pay. You know, teams used to pay for experience for those situations. They were signing the Johnny Gomes to Boston, or the Johnny Gomes to here, or the whoever to there, the Edgar Renteria. They were signing guys like that because they can impart knowledge on guys who hadn't been. And until you've been there and you've experienced, you know, that gut punch when Buster Posey hits one out or that feeling of elation when, you know, you get a big out in a big spot, you you can't, you know, you just don't know until you experience. And even those guys telling you, you know, even having a conversation with the Scott Rowan and him saying, hey, just, you know, make sure you're breathing. And if you give <laughs> – if you play every game to a certain standard, like I felt like I did all my career, I mean, I felt like no, I'd never felt like one pitch was more important than the other. The last pitch I threw in the playoffs in 2012 was, of course, it was more important. I didn't place any more importance on it as far as my effort and preparation than I did my third pitch of the game on June 16th or what you know whatever it was. Right, you had to approach it that way so you weren't shocked so you didn't have to change anything if you were already in that mindset every single pitch and it's difficult to be in that mindset every single pitch because it's a long season and there's a lot of pitches thrown but um yeah that'll that'll be one that got away so uh, thanks for bringing it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, like... I knew that's what we were going to talk about, but uh, <laughs> it's it's fun to bring back some memories and think about those guys too. You know, it's we had we still had some great memories. Who's the first? And, and not that I'm asking you to pick favorites or anything, but before we go, who was the first teammate you think of back from those days? 2012. Yeah, um, I probably say Ryan Ludwig. Um, okay. And the he was on that t- yeah he was great right oh yeah yeah he, he they like got 20, him just like that- 285 26 homer I'd say oh. him and probably I mean I think of the pitching staff almost as one unit really I mean mm-hmm. they were that pitching staff Alfredo Simon I think we got him at a waiver claim like the day before and he was incredible that whole year I thought he was going to be the guy in game one to go in rather than me but Alfredo was a great but was a he and I had a great relationship that year um but probably Luddy um and Fra- and Luddy and Frazier I feel like Frazier filled filled in so well in a couple different roles that year um first third left Luddy came on and just like got scorching hot and uh he and I have the same agency and my agent would always say, oh, you and Ryan Lowe, you guys would love each other. you got to meet at some point, and then he gets on the team, and we did. Uh, you know, we loved each other. We still keep in, in real good touch. And 
Um, I was living down in Austin. He's got a house outside of Austin, so we we see each other and keep pretty good touch. Sean Marshall was another one, but that's that's it, man. I mean, that's that. Those are the thing. Everybody, you know, me. We'd have the bullpen guys would get together after after the games. We'd hang out in the hotel. We'd order a bucket of beers. We'd play Xbox and and shoot the shit. And guys would you know different guys would be coming in different nights. We're playing cards. Here comes Homer. Here comes Letty. Here comes Broxton. Here comes you know Manny Parra. Here comes you know whoever it is you know here comes jay bruce here comes skip schumacher you know awesome awesome <laughs> but yeah Luddy probably jumps out because he was boy but so you know that was the ohio cup so we were talking about that and you know we we're kind of using nobody cared about the ohio cup Look, i'm sorry you want to win the games you because you want to win the games and you want to win the games and that's it sure. i don't care what cups involved with it but we just kind of, it's kind of started as a joke with that like Luddy comes in yelling at her in cleveland he's like i want this effing cup you know i want this ohio cup and you know you get so i can i remember if he was acting that way i can tell he was starting to get hot you know like he was swinging the bat and he was feeling like he was able to come into the clubhouse and start running his mouth and which is great you know you want guys that way Right. So it became that, and then the next series we're going here, and then we're going to Philadelphia, and we want it, and then it becomes oh, well we want that cream cheese cup. So every series that we went on, <laughs> seriously, every series we went on that year, we named it some kind of cup. If we went to St. Louis, we wanted that whatever. I don't remember the names of whatever, you know, but you don't understand what, like that St. Right. Louis Arch Cup or that Bush Stadium Cup. Who cares? So at one point we started bringing a big. We had Devin Mezzarocco went to like an antique store, uh, and he got this huge chalice, and we and we made a rookie or whoever him somebody fill it with beer and brought it on every plane trip. We brought that chalice everywhere, and that was the whatever it was cup, and so that <laughs> became so that I remember Luddy a lot for that as well because whether he meant to or not, he started something um, with that whole deal, and we all you know all rallied around it for for whatever reason and um so I, yeah i remember him big time for that year and, and the relationships that we have but i have great relationships with so many of those guys and uh unfortunately it had to end in in the way that it did but it was it was a lot of fun that year anyhow yeah that that is awesome i appreciate this time so this has been a blast dude thank you so much for coming on <laughs> and uh Everybody, in case you don't follow, you probably already follow him, but on Twitter, he's at Mr. LeCure. He is Sam LeCure, the mustache of Cincinnati. <laughs> the mustache. Yeah, I'm not too active on Twitter anymore, but uh, hopefully we get some baseball coming back around sometime soon, and I will. I'll be back at the Fox Sports desk with old Gies and Schlaw, and we'll, uh, we'll hopefully get to report on some baseball here pretty soon. I, I am looking forward to it, Sam. Thank you so much, and look forward to talking to you again. All right, Jeff. Thanks, man. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.